We are slamming into the end of the week. Wow. We've got the free-for-all coming your way with topics to cover from the annual Ag Outlook Forum, Secretary Vilsack's testimony on Capitol Hill, the bean crush pace, and the status of the farm bill. Live from our respective broadcast bunkers and thought laboratories via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning, it's a Friday free-for-all with Jim Wiesmeyer. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson, and now the host of AgriTalk Chapari. All right. Everybody's at meetings, bro. We can't get anybody. It's crazy. Well, hey, you know, did you say Jim Wiesmeyer? I said Jim Wiesmeyer. Jim Wiesmeyer. Um, You're going to have to remind me. Jim. Mm -hmm. Jim. Jim. He's this guy. Oh. He was... He was working at Pro Farmer like back in the oh, 70s and stuff. Some yeah. Washington thing. Been there pretty for cool like, guy. Pretty cool like guy. 40, 45 years. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. Decent yeah, I amount remember of him now. Yeah. I nice guy. Him now. Nice yeah. fella. It's going to be great to get Wiesmeyer back <laughs> on here. He's been <laughs> oh, on the road baby. for a couple of weeks. We need him. And uh, yeah. we're going to find out what he's been learning while he's out there on the road. Mm-hmm. What's he Absolutely. been talking about? What do the questions sound like? What what uh, what is on farmers' minds at the meetings that Jim has has been at over the past couple of weeks? I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We got to do this, right? We I mean we got to do this. Shout out to Caitlin Clark and the Iowa Hawkeyes. Oh, um, you, you know that it. I I had a run in with a with a hawk fan last night. Oh, is that right? At the at O'Hare International Airport. Mm-hmm. Okay, I had my phone up. I was watching the game. All of a sudden, the crowd starts to gather, and somebody right behind me says something like, "Boy, I bet this is just killing those Cyclone fans." Aha! Uh-huh. And I was like, "I don't think so. No, mm-hmm. I don't think I feel fine. I'm a Cyclone fan, true, true, loyal, and true forever." Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Yep. but this is an Iowa girl at an Iowa university making really good, doing yeah. really cool things. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm going to cheer for this. If you don't, you're a loser. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, she didn't take to that very kindly. Really? No, no. So I invited her to leave my phone. <laughs> <laughs> but a big, big congratulations to Caitlin, uh, the new NCAA women's scoring champ. She's got Pistol Pete Maravich's NCAA all-time basketball scoring title uh, in her sights. It's possible. I think there's mm-hmm. four more games, uh, regular season games, and then you got the Big Ten tournament, and then you got mm-hmm. the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, if, she, if they can make a deep run into the NCAA tournament like they did last year, the deepest of the deep Chip. runs. Chip. Who knows? I got to stop you right there. What? Don't give don't give your heart to the Hawkeyes, bro. Oh, no. I'm. Oh, I've been hey. there. I've been hurt so many times. You know what I'm? You know what goes through my head? M I C C O U. I'm local now. Ooh, now we could spice oh. things up. The Jayhawks aren't far from here. There's lots of Jayhawk <laughs> traffic around KC, baby. This could oh, get interesting. Yeah. That's great. That's ah. great. If <laughs> yeah, the worst thing the the uh, well, I'm not gonna get into that. <laughs> I would become a, a a Jayhawk sports supporter, an avid supporter, just for spite. I got to be honest. I think it'd be I, great radio. You know what? I believe you. <laughs> I believe you. You know, you've you've gotten into the Chiefs. Uh, you've mm-hmm. shown an ability mm-hmm. to understand sports ball a little bit. It would not surprise me at all for you to do a crash course sure. into uh, into KU and and uh, just just despite well just despite yes <laughs> all that aside yes congratulations to Caitlin Clark and That's the, right. uh, the Lady Hawks uh, yeah it's it is a huge accomplishment very much very much I'll give all right that. Um, you know and and <laughs> she, what was it forty nine points she put up last night it was a, oh geez. Yeah, it, it it was a single game scoring record for the Hawkeyes, mm-hmm. uh, and and not to mention she had thirteen assists too or something like yeah. that. So wow, nice, crazy, crazy. Well done. All right, let's get to the news. 
National Weather Service outlook, a swath of accumulating snow will spread from the Midwest today to the mid-Atlantic tonight. Heavy rain and mountain snow will impact California this weekend. A chilly air sweeps across much of the central and southern parts of the country this weekend. Chip, it's snowing in Kansas City right now. Is it really? Wow. It really Up is. here yep. in the tropic north, we're looking pretty good. It's 24 degrees, but the sun is shining. Nice. Well, Chip, farm margins will continue to tighten this year on falling prices for many commodities. But a key takeaway from the 100th USDA Ag Outlook Forum is that new revenue streams are making a difference on the farm. In his keynote address, Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack expressed hope that farmers will be able to diversify and encourage the next generation to stay on the farm. He had this to say. How about we create multiple income streams that that farmer can utilize? So if commodity prices, as Seth indicated, are down one year, maybe there's another source of income that's also coming into the farm that bolsters the family income that doesn't require you to work two full-time jobs, which allows you to make the case to the young people who want to be the next generation that, yes, you can, in fact, be the next generation. See, Chip, I do like that he brought it around to that next generation. Succession is is a bit of a concern on the farm right now. and mm-hmm. So I'm glad to hear glad to hear it at least yeah. came up. Yeah, absolutely. And I've seen his full presentation yeah. uh, on the diversification. What he's talking about is green energy. He wants to see solar farms. He wants to see wind farms. Uh, he wants to see uh, the the climate smart farming practices become another source of revenue on the farm. If you know, and if it can happen, great, go for it. Uh, yep. I'm just not convinced that it can. Mm-hmm. Well, despite a ton of work to do, Chip, the House exited a day early. And will be gone for a nearly two-week President's Day recess. The House will return February 28, just three days before the first government funding deadline. The Republican House Majority's top vote counter said the House will not pass another temporary spending bill to prevent partial government shutdown. we got to get more from Jim on this. I, I don't get any of this. I, I just don't know. Yeah. The House did pass a measure to reverse the Biden administration's pause on new liquefied natural gas export approvals. However, it's unlikely that the democratically controlled Senate will consider the plan. And I was reading, you know, Japan is feeling sketchy about this natural gas stuff. Dude, if we if we start to lose natural gas demand from importers, man, I don't know what happens. Oh, we can't have it. We can't well, have it. What happens is the natural gas price is going to go very low, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, dem- the, therefore the incentive to put more product on the market. Is going to be gone. Well, an Arizona district court vacated the 2020 registration of over-the-top dicamba products, so the Environmental Protection Agency issued an existing stocks order chip. This order allows limited sale and distribution of dicamba products that were already in possession of growers or in trade channels outside of the control of pesticide companies by February 6. But then after that chip, it's it's done, right? Uh, I need to get more detail on it before I can say that then it's done, uh, mm-hmm. because the appeal, the last time we, we talked with the folks over at the, uh, egg retailers association, this was step number one. Let's get the okay to go ahead and use product that is in place, whether it's in a retailer's warehouse or a farmer's warehouse. After that, let's get an appeal on this decision going okay. and and take it from there. So we'll, we will continue to watch it develop. Thanks, Davis. Appreciate it, buddy. Yeah, We've got the free-for-all coming up. We smire. We smire. We smire. Michelson and me here on AgriTalk. Kelly Miller is the director of Ag Tech at Compeer Financial. She joins us right now. Kelly, tell me about Compeer Financial. What is it that farmers need to know about? Yeah, Compeer Financial is part of the farm credit system. We've been around for 100 plus years. We're based out of Sun Prairie, Wisconsin, and we serve Minnesota, Illinois, and Wisconsin. But really, the important thing for us is not only agriculture, but we believe that rural communities, they belong together. We need yeah. both agriculture and the rural communities to thrive. Fantastic. That's part of what makes Compeer different, right? Absolutely, yes. We want to make sure that we're focusing on the farmer, but we know that the key to that is also the rural communities that help them thrive. When a farmer comes to you or gets on to Compeer.com, what can they expect from Compeer? 
the biggest thing with Comp here is we're looking for innovative solutions. We want to make sure that we're evolving just like our farmers are evolving, just like the rural communities need to continue to evolve to meet the marketplace demands and needs. We want to be innovative alongside of them. You want to meet face-to-face -face in their operation. Well, we want that if that's yep. the way that they want to do business. But yep. if they also want to do business online, we mm -hmm. want to support that as well. That's awesome because it is becoming that digital world, isn't it? Yes. it's. You know, we looked at this a few years ago and we realized that we had done a really great job of serving our farmers through our brick and mortar doors and through their farms. But with space that we weren't showing up in is where that they were doing business online. So they had more and more options to be able to buy stuff online, right? right? They could buy inputs, they could buy machinery, they could start transactions from real estate, but the financing wasn't coming right. alongside of it. So we took a real effort a few years ago to start embedded financing where they are buying things online. They can also get a really dependable source of capital through Compeer as well. Fantastic. Where can we go for more information? Compeer.com. That's easy. Compeer.com. Kelly is. Miller, Director of Ag Tech at Compeer Financial. Sometimes I just cannot believe all the storms we've gone through here. I can only hope that we'll be able to leave this house to you one day, baby. You're our legacy. Planning for these disasters will make sure we're safe. And it's the best way to protect that legacy. Protect your legacy. Visit ready.gov forward slash plan for the tools and tips you need to start your emergency preparedness plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. Scammers often try to dupe veterans to steal the VA benefits they've earned. Scammers may try to obtain sensitive information or collect payments over the phone, offer to move assets in order to qualify for pension, insist benefits may be sent directly to a friend or caregiver, or promise to manage benefits or file a claim for you. VA will never charge you for processing a claim, and only VA can determine eligibility. To report suspicious activity, visit va.gov forward slash OIG forward slash hotline. Our name says it all. Agritalk. What more do you need to know? Hey, welcome back to Agritalk. I'm Chip. Glad that you are with us on this Friday morning. We've got uh, the free-for-all coming your way. It's Jim Wiesmeyer, Davis Michelson, and me, Chip Flory. I am ready to go and to... Uh, to learn what Jim has been up to for the past couple of weeks. Let's bring him in, Pro Farmer Policy Analyst Jim Wiesmeyer. How are you doing, buddy? I'm a traveling man, but I'm home until next Tuesday. I go down to Missouri again for the Missouri Pork Producers trip in the Ozarks. All right. Well, I know you like that trip. I like that trip, uh, but, boy, those hog producers need yeah. higher prices. Yeah. Yeah, and the issues that the hog guys are dealing with right now, whether it be uh, disease prevention or just profitability uh, yes. things that are happening in the in the business and and uh, uh, slaughter capacity and everything it, it's it's all an issue that guys are talking about right now. Uh, My wife and I had some uh, pork medallions last night that oh. just oh they were so good they they brought tears to our eyes delicious <laughs> everyone out there get you some pork all right. Uh, it's absolutely delicious. Do your and part. I was recently in California, and I tell my uh, audiences uh, when I'm not in California, uh, because of Proposition 12, they always have bacon on, on the on the breakfast buffets at the hotels, and I eat probably triple the amount I normally do just to get back at California. <laughs> <laughs> There's that spite again. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know, I got to see you just briefly when you were out on the road. Our, our paths crossed uh, down at Top Producer Summit in Kansas City for a little bit. But uh, what have what what's been the theme, the the overriding theme of what you've heard from producers, uh, commodity groups uh, as you've been out on the road? Yeah, several, Chip. One, interest rates are beginning to uh, bite a growing number of producers. They're a little concerned. Now, what I tell them, okay, let's look ahead a little. Uh, next year, your financing cost will be lower because the Fed uh, probably June, you know, this year will start reducing the rates. That's point one. Two, 
the beauty of some co-ops to give back, uh, yeah, yeah, I forget what they call it, repatriation, uh, that has aided some. I know in Nebraska where I was at, at Ag Country Farm Credit Services, they're getting back equivalent to a, a percent and a half chip, uh, and that that has helped out big okay. time. Three is that there's a lot of corn left to sell, a lot yeah. of corn. Yeah. And so farmers are asking, and I know you've covered this in the in the afternoon sessions, but they know that the shorts are heavily, uh, they know that the funds are heavily short, perhaps record amounts for both corn and beans. And they want to know what will it take for them to start having to cover their shorts and what type of rally we'll have. And I said, well, it could be a pretty good rally, but you ought to sell into that because it doesn't look too yep. good for the at least short-term outlook i hear yeah. that a lot yep man oh man that that has been a topic number one of discussion for me uh as is out on the road and yesterday down at uh, national farm machinery show that's for sure hmm farm uh, the number of uh, farm equipment you saw were john deere's earnings uh they issued a little cautionary flags uh, yesterday on their their outlook and that's confirmed by a number of farmers who tell me there's a lot of equipment uh, still on the ground chip yet to mm -hmm. be sold and and that equates to the farm income situation that we saw what last week where where USDA's yeah. very early forecast down 40 billion dollars this year on top of a 26 billion dollar cut the right. year before so you're you're getting into this cost price uh, uh spiral here and you you heard that at at this week's ag outlook forum by the way the 100 100th year of yeah. USDA's Ag Outlook Forum. I've been around so long that I remember when it was held at USDA's auditorium in well, the main I think, I, I think you've missed like two, haven't you? Well, I, I don't go down nearly <laughs> as much. I let my our good friend Roger Bernard do the beat reporting on that one for me. I'll make I'll make an appearance, but that's about it. <laughs> but but if the theme it was interesting because I um, it looks like uh, Seth Meyer at USDA and others are telling farmers, you know, and you heard it with Vilsack on the news. We got to have other revenue streams for agriculture because, frankly, Chip, the trade component, we're not inking new trade agreements. So yeah. that's why to connect dots here, this coming decision no later than March 1 by the Treasury Department to see whether or not corn qualified, corn-based ethanol qualifies as an eligible feedstock for sustainable aviation fuel. It's the holy grail for yeah. policy for corn producers. I hear that wherever I go as well. They better yeah. qualify. Yeah. But now, Jim, that, when, is, when he talks about those new streams of revenue for farmers coming up, I mean, that's just code for green stuff, right? I mean, there are no Absolutely. other, there are no uh, proposed revenue streams outside of solar, wind, uh, carbon capture, that sort of stuff, correct? Yeah, it's period. Biofuels are carbon yeah. mitigation. Absolutely. And farmers, they, they, they like to hear that, but now they want to see some proof, well, yeah. you know. But I'll tell you, in the sunscreens, wherever I go, it's been like uh, around Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, uh, Missouri that I'll go back to, uh, the black lands of North Carolina. Uh, this issue of sunscreens is a emotional one because f some farmers are being paid up to $3,000 an acre. You heard me correct. $3,000 an acre for some sun panels. And, uh, you know, landowner has every right to go for that, but that affects the local farmer community. In some cases, they've had to level the land to put the sunscreens on, which has caused some drainage problems for farmers south of, of the uh, sure. of the area. Hmm. So uh, that's going to be a growing issue that I see. But farmers relative to the green credit, they want to see proof that they're going to get sustainable uh, you know, carbon yeah. mitigation payments. And the first thing they ask is, if Trump were to become the president again, will he continue some of these programs? Right. Right. Mm. Yeah, that, that that is exactly right. The, uh, the, the concern that if a, a producer would make a move to capture some of these funds that are available out there, whether it be with a solar panel or, you know, a solar farm, whatever it is,
that they that the incentives may disappear after uh, if President Trump or if it becomes President Trump after this fall. Yeah, uh, he would cut a lot through of the EV credits, Chip, for electric vehicles. You yeah. know, Trump is going to try to get. Uh, you know, temper those for sure. But yeah. when it comes to biofuel, some of his his people, not, but it's not Trump saying that yet, that he'll continue to support biofuels. He better, because that's what it looks like the See, direction we're but going. Jim, but Jim, what is his idea of supporting biofuels? He talked a big game when it came to E15. We're mm-hmm. still trying to get that done. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Small refinery exemptions. We saw him stand stand up several times and say uh, that uh, 15 billion gallons is 15 billion gallons. And the next thing you knew, Scott Pruitt over at, e- at EPA was dealing out another round of small refinery exemptions. That happened all the time. So what yeah, is his true. definition of support for biofuels? Well, we have to find out. But I'll tell you, as we keep, as I'll keep saying, sustainable aviation fuel is yeah. the biggie, the 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 most important question I get in from CEOs of major ag and energy companies now, because the crude oil industry is getting involved in a good way, Chip. You know, I know you've covered this uh, with the biofuels industry, because they see this as strange bedfellows as a tempering of the, of the uh, uh, electric vehicles, that thing better continue because uh, we're going to need that revenue stream and the airlines need the carbon mitigation offset. If we're going to, if, if we're going to continue this uh, uh, carbon mitigation game. Yeah. Uh, Kirby, the CEO of United, he calls those offsets just a joke Hmm. at, at United. What he wants is actual reduction in carbon it, it's really nice to see this we're you know we're we're ta- we're adding eleven dollars and whatever to your to your ticket so that we can plant more trees someplace it makes the consumer feel good we understand that so they will continue to offer it but how much good does that really do what is really important is getting the carbon reduction what's really important to him is getting the carbon reduction in the fuel tanks of united jets and absolutely absolutely and you heard the panel at the top producer summit i think peter you know meyer was there i wasn't there didn't hear it but he was telling oh good he was hearing me you might want to go through bullets of that because i thought that was an important panel you bet we've we we have talked about it had a representative from southwest airlines on there uh they're so into it that they are going to get into the ethanol business the cellulosic ethanol business. I wonder what they know that we don't know. We'll be back with more free for all in a moment. Take control with Brandt Enzup Zinc. Elevate your crop's health and yield with this enzyme-based zinc solution. Designed for enhanced nutrient uptake, plant vigor, and supporting early growth. Take control of your corn and soybean yield with Brandt Enzup Zinc. Visit Brandt.co to learn more. That's B-R-A-N-D-T dot C-O. Retirement can be scary, but only if you're not prepared. That's why AARP created thisispretirement.org. Because unless you've already retired, you're in pretirement and you still have time to plan. Learn about retirement savings options, potential tax breaks, and how you can build savings over time. Visit thisispretirement.org for free resources to help you customize your action plan and feel the retirement fear disappear. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Time for Markets Now with the experts from Pro Farmer. Joining us now, Pro Farmer editor Brian Grady. Beach, uh, this wheat and corn are just having a tough time getting anything going to the upside today. What's going on? Yeah, I'll start with wheat. Uh, so it had been holding up relatively well comparative to uh, corn and soybeans, but uh, that, that ended yesterday, just a technical breakdown. Further losses today and, uh, you know, new contract lows in most of those contracts across all three markets and, and uh, um, just 
seeing more of the uh, the selling pressure with the uh, the technicals leading us to the downside and a lack of uh, supportive news uh, you know factors into that as well. Um, soybean futures and soy meal futures are trading to the upside on, on pretty solid uh, corrective buying here at mid-morning and corn's kind of caught in the middle. Corn futures posted a new contract low so that's a repeated theme here obviously but uh, um, you know the seller interest is limited and just kind of chopping around unchanged with that conflicting support from the meal and, and soybean markets and pressure from wheat. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it, it feels like corn is maybe starting to want to follow soybeans a bit to the upside here at mid-morning. Take us over to the livestock trade. Well, we've got uh, strong gains in the cattle markets this morning. Live cattle futures moderately to sharply higher. And uh, so, you know, good finish to the week there. But feeder cattle, boy, uh, really showing strong gains here at uh, mid-morning and and, uh, um, leading the way to the upside. The uh, hog market, uh, not much to say there. It's narrowly mixed, and and price action is really quiet here to close out the week. And and so um, premiums to the uh, cash index are holding back uh, buyer interest in the futures this morning. Yeah, it's an upside breakout happening in the feeder cattle market, that's for sure. Beach, thanks, buddy. Have a good weekend. Pro Farmer Editor Brian Grady, Markets Now. The Scoop Podcast is where we talk about tight supply chains, emerging agronomic challenges, technology tools delivering ROI. I'm Margie Echelkamp, editor of The Scoop and host of The Scoop Podcast. Join me as I interview leaders from across the ag retail sector. Farmers are working hard for every bushel and their trusted advisors are by their side. Find The Scoop Podcast wherever you find podcasts so you are up to date on everything ag retail. What is dedication? My biggest fear in the middle of my addiction was that my kids wouldn't have a father. And I started thinking, you know what? This isn't my story. I definitely had to become a better man to be a better father. It's important to me that my kids are empowered and truly believe that if if they can think it, they can do it. That's dedication. Visit fatherhood.gov to hear more. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. If the world is your oyster, we've got pearls of wisdom on AgriTalk. All right, we're going to keep the free-for-all going. It's Davis Michelson, it's me, and it is pro-farmer policy analyst Jim Wiesmeyer. Uh, Jim... A lot of the things that we talked about in that last segment are going to continue to filter through the conversation, but there's one that I want to get to, and that is the status of the Massachusetts Q3, question three. Earlier this month, there was a federal court decision that, what exactly did it tell us? What What is the status of Q3? Is it moving forward? It's, it's moving forward, Chip, and basically the exemption they gave to a firm was ruled unconstitutional, so they have to kind of, uh, you know, go back and, and revise it. So you're just going to have more court battles on this one, and and this whole issue, uh, Vilsack hit it straight on yep. on this one. He said that you're, it could be chaos if this continues. So yeah. that's another reason why you need a farm bill chip to get to temper s- some of the uh, silly uh, states of getting involved here in interstate commerce, both at California and the wannabe states of California, like uh, Massachusetts, uh, Oregon, Washington state, et cetera. So I- I'll applaud Vilsack for taking this issue. Right. On. Right. Oh, I do too. I do too. But it feels to me like this needs to be a standalone. Instead of, you know, uh, just included with a farm bill because because it is an interstate commerce issue. It's not it's not just pork, because at some point uh, the state of Mississippi might decide that uh, unless you make plastic forks this way, we're not going to take them into the state of Mississippi. You know, some weird stuff like that could happen going yes. forward unless yeah, it is addressed I, by congress now but a standalone bill in this uh house is is, is dysfunctional chip there's no other way to put it in my speeches i say 
running the house right now is not just hurting cats. It's hurting feral cats. You know, <laughs> they just can't get anything done. So you might want to put some language at the 11th hour on a must pass spending bill. If it's allowed to, we're going to see. But something has to be done because you're going to, as you said, you're going to extend this this issue beyond the ag sector. If it, yeah. it's like executive orders in the ag industry, you know what I mean? Yeah. That 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 you can do it on yourself, and it, so it's it's just odd. So uh, yep, and this is basically the inability. When re, recall when the Supreme Court basically blessed what California was doing in Prop 12. The English version of that was the Supreme Court saying, you know, this is not our decision. This right. is Congress's decision. Right. Congress, do your job. And how many times are we saying that lately? Yeah, they need to do their job. And that's just like the this uh, March 1's come and do. Yep. And here... The House and Senate is going to be gone anywhere from 10 days to two weeks. And March 1 is USDA's budget. So Tom uh, Emmer, uh, uh, the vote counter on the Republicans on the House side, basically saying no more continuing resolutions. I, I don't see anything around that other than shutting down the government. And that's the last thing the Republicans need right now is to shut down the government. So okay. I still I see another continuing resolution. Okay, I was gonna I was gonna ask you to rank three options in order of likeliness, like you know, likely to happen. Uh, Congress passes appropriations by March one and eight deadlines. No. Con okay, Congress approves <laughs> another continuing resolution to kick the spending bills further down the road, or partial government shutdown on March one. Yeah, they'll I. I... They'll 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 do a stopgap spending measure, but hello, it's March, March. It's, it's we're getting the the fiscal year started October one. So you wonder what do they do? You know they've got the they got the numbers that they need. They just have to make decisions. So once they come to an agreement, you still have to go through the House and the Senate chips. So that's why it won't be done by but, March one. But if if the if the numbers were there to push the appropriations bills through, why I, I don't know why they why they wouldn't do it. Is uh, there a they reason? could they could but well Congress works one of two ways very slow usually very oh, fast in a crisis so we, right. we could I'm not going to rule out them getting together the few days before because they do have time. Some of the staff, the staff does the work anyway. They're going to remain and work on these issues. So yeah, I'm not going to be a Debbie Downer here totally. They can still get it done by March 1 and March 8th because they've got the numbers, they got the total uh, numbers by agency by that they need. So do your work, lawmakers, both chambers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. silliness. Yeah. Silliness. Okay. So, no, Chip, I wanted but, to insert one of the most interesting questions I'm getting now from farmers okay. is, is will the protests going on in Europe find their way oh, to yeah. the United States and the ag sector? You know, I didn't think I'd hear that. And if you get corn prices under $4, which I think will happen, soybean futures under what, 11? You know? Yeah, they don't uh, trade at 11 bucks very. For very long, yeah, but so, yeah. I mean, under, under, you know, yeah, I know. Yeah, you're you're going to have pressure and that'll add pressure to get something done on the farm bill, because the I'm telling you, the cash flow is going to grow as far as concerns. And I can't even rule out protest in the U.S., but that, I just thought that that was an interesting one that that I've been addressed at a couple of my uh, you know recent speeches, both in, in Arizona, in Kansas City in uh, in in Fargo several times of late. So mm -hmm. I thought I'd put that out there that we've uh, hopefully we won't have to see that pain develop, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you know, it, it's uh, it's easier, and and I I, I don't I I don't want to again sound like a Debbie Downer or anything, but once you've seen it done, it's easier to follow suit. 
yeah. which I think because the, the, the protests happening the way that they're happening in Europe, and Davis has kind of talked about this before too, but seeing the protests as they are happening in Europe are sparking ideas and thoughts and and generating some plans in the U.S. for some potential protests too. I, I just don't think there's any question about that. Yeah. So. And, you know, at the Outlook Conference, the, the good news is that look at the cotton market. It looks to me that they're they're going to they're bidding for more acres. Jeff, is that true? Yeah. But, well, at, that new crop rally. market is still new crop market, still 85 cents, Jim. Hmm. The old crop hmm. market is 95, but the, the new yeah. crop is 85. It, it's it, but it is going up. It is going up yes. as new crop corn and new crop beans are going down. So, Yes. Yes, cotton does look like it's trying to get some acres, but it, it it's I think that's more of a, a a general rally in the soft markets and and uh a, you know just renewed buying interest in coffee, cocoa, sugar, and cotton. Oh, and especially and, cocoa too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And absolutely. Rice. And rice. And rice. Rice needs it. They need yes. it. Uh, yes. And the consensus of the industry people at this week's Outlook Conference, not total, but is that USDA is too high on soybean acres in the U.S. and too yeah. low on corn. I heard that once. I heard it a thousand times. So yep. at least that's the mindset out there, Chip. Yeah, 91 too low on corn, 86 and a half too high on soybeans. We'll see. We'll see. I agree. I mean, my number has been 92 to 92.5 on corn acres um, and, and probably in that 84 and a half, 85 on soybeans. So, but we'll see, we'll see going forward. I mean, the, those can still change those attitudes and, and the plans can still change. Now last fall was gorgeous. So if anybody wanted to get anhydrous down last fall to prep those corn acres, they got it done. So those are pretty yeah, much locked in. Yeah. Yes, and I was in Fargo several times over the past month, uh, and they got some nice rains in December, Chip. And I'm yeah. telling you, it changed the attitudes of no, more than a few farmers that I talked with. So, yeah. so uh, that's at least good good steed. But the meteorologists that I've heard in my various uh, speeches, they always have a meteorologist there. Yeah. And again, you have them on, on AgriTalk. They consistently are saying, uh, if you're going to have a drought, It'll be from the center part of the country down, North Dakota all the way down to Texas yeah. in a kind of a band. That's what my ear is hearing out there. Right. Okay. Um, boy, only got a minute and a half left here, Jim, but I'm going to ask you, what did you glean from the census of ag? You know, I, I told uh, Brian Grady, a pro farmer before I say, he says, uh, what, what do you think we should cover on this? I'll say, well, sit down because it's always the case where you have fewer farms, you know, the yeah. age of the farmer goes up and the area of a farm also goes higher. And that's exactly what it was. It's just yeah. the changing, the, the industry continues to, to develop chip. Now there were some nuances in there with the uh, number of, of women uh, in, in, in agriculture, which I think is a good sign and the beginning uh, uh in the beginning farmers which vilsack highlighted chip he highlighted that oh yeah yeah it, it uh in his testimony this week on capitol hill it is very clear jim that uh, he wants a clear path for small and maybe medium-sized farms than he wants for large farms when it comes to Things yeah. like uh, price support or, or yeah, uh, it's called safety it's nets. called it's called income redistribution. Yeah, yeah, it's it's become crystal clear, which which makes this fall's elections <laughs> for ag a, a very unique. We'll talk about yes. that a little bit more when we come back here on the free for all on Agritalk. I'm Tyne Morgan, host of U.S. Farm Report. Join me each weekend as we explore the news and issues that matter the most to agriculture. We know this past year has been challenging in many ways, but as agriculture continues to adapt, we are right there with you. From markets to weather, each weekend we take a deep dive into what matters most. Join me each weekend for U.S. Farm Report, timely, trusted tradition. 
there's danger out there. It lurks on highways and quiet neighborhood streets. It's more likely to kill you than a shark and more terrifying than the biggest snake. Distracted driving claims lives every day. Every notification, swipe, social post, video, or selfie while driving risks your life. So while you might think public speaking or the zombie apocalypse is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. If you served, we want you to get the health care and benefits you earned. We want you to come to VA. There's never been a better time to apply. Under a new law called the PACT Act, we've expanded VA care and benefits to millions of people who served and their survivors. No matter where you served or how long you served, check out va.gov PACT to learn more about what VA can do for you and your family. Come, Come to, to VA. VA. I'm Tyne Morgan, host of U.S. Farm Report, the only weekend television show that features some of agriculture's biggest names. From custom commentary from John Phipps to the stories of antique iron with Machinery Pete to a list of more than 30 marketing analysts, our weekly program focuses on the topics that matter most to you. We invite you to join us each weekend for U.S. Farm Report, timely, trusted tradition. Ross Bender is the director for new product development at the Mosaic Company. Ross, 2023, a strong growing season for a lot of producers out there. With yield so good, how does that influence how growers evaluate their fertilizer needs? The yields were so strong, they were actually record yields in some areas. And with record yields equate to record nutrient removal. And our job is to try to maintain the level of fertility of that field so it can retain its long-term productivity. For every bushel of corn that is produced, it needs about one pound of phosphate fertilizer to replace that nutrition and about a half a pound of potash fertilizer. So record yields, rapid nutrient removal equates to rapid nutritional decline in the soil if we're not careful in replacing those nutrients. Yeah. So what should growers look for in fertilizer to achieve that? For managing crop nutrition, there are the four R's, right source, right rate, right time, and right place. And the goal is to make sure that we have the nutrition available to our plants when they need it. My recommendation is to consider really good phosphate sources. Personally, I really like microessentials. Microessentials is a phosphate innovation brought to the retailers by Mosaic, and it helps provide better nutrient distribution, helps keep nutrients available for longer, and that helps equate to better nutrient uptake and ultimately stronger yields. We see improvements in yield over DAP by about 8.8 bushels and yield improvements over MAP by about 7.2 bushels. It's very strong technology science back. Fantastic. Ross, where can we go to learn more? Visit cropnutrition.com. It's a great resource to learn about anything new and evolving in the crop nutrition space and also to visit with your local retailer and certified crop advisor to build your plan for 2024. Excellent. Thank you, Ross. That is Ross Bender, Director of New Product Development at the Mosaic Company. At FBN Finance, we know there's one thing that unites all farmers. Progress. It drives them to wake up early and be better than the day before. And whether it's a new land purchase or refinancing your ranch, FBN Finance has the agricultural expertise to help you reach your goals. Simply put, FBN Finance puts farmers first. With great rates, instant approvals, and pre-qualifications on farmland loans, FBN Finance has everything you need to be your partner in the fields and with your finances. And now, you can get $500 off closing costs for loans over $250,000. Start your farmland loan today at fbn.com slash agritalk or call 833-FBN-LEND. That's 833-FBN-LEND. FBN Finance, more than a lender. Financing offered by FBN Finance, LLC, and its lending partners. Available where FBN Finance, LLC is licensed. Terms and conditions apply. NMLS ID 1631119. We don't make the news. We render it. Agritalk. Welcome back to AgriTalk and the Free For All. It's Davis Michelson. It's me and Pro Farmer Policy Analyst Jim Wiesmeyer. Jim, like I was saying at the end of the last segment, agriculture is kind of in a unique situation because it, we, we've 
USDA has a leader that has already been, I mean, Vilsack 1.0 lasted eight years. The question now is, does Vilsack 2.0 last four years or does it last eight years? Yeah. And I, I don't know if that's an election issue for, for, for the, you know, as, as guys are making their, their decision on the president or not. Well, if, if the Democrats were to uh, retain the White House chip and yeah. if Vilsack would stay further, yeah, you'll see Vilsack, the current version of, of the Vilsack, which was really seven out of the eight years for Obama. Remember right. the first year he, he was like what he is now? And yeah. then he, he went toward the more production agriculture side. Exactly. But you would get the current Vilsack on steroids, Jeff, on steroids. I think so, you're right. Yeah I, yeah. I don't know that for a fact, but um, I, I've, I've seen him, uh, I've seen his presentation on diversifying income. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the, the whole concept there behind climate smart and green energy production he really 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 believes and you know it's not like i'm saying he can't he can't see reality because i i i mean he's a smart guy i get that it's just that i disagree with him on the future of green energy in 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 a lot of ways well look at Uh, look at these sunscreens Look at these sunscreens, Chip. There's a case that has to be discussed by some of this is very productive ground, you yeah. know? And so that that's, you know, it's just unbelievable, the ground that's right. going under that that's productive there. I'll side with productive agriculture any day because right. of the, the, the need, not only domestically, but for the world market. Uh, but right. as far as bottom line on the elections, you'll yeah. have your most substantial changes if either political party wins it all, wins the White House, Senate, and House. That's how Trump yeah. got his tax cuts in 2017. That's how Biden got his spending or the Inflation Reduction Act or the climate bill when he controlled right. uh, everything in Washington. So right. if you don't control it all, then you have your checks and balances. But still, we've seen both Republicans and Democrats use of regulations and uh, executive, executive orders to orders. do what they want to do anyway. Yeah, that that is uh, that is very, very true. What about this ruling or the, the decision not to press charges against uh president biden for the documents the the reasoning that we got from the was it the department of justice they said they said you know he's an old guy with not very good memory well that was the special independent council okay uh, okay they, they and it was unusual now the democrats are saying all oh, to politics and this one well sorry he said it i will guarantee you within the coming month or so chip the Republicans will hold a hearing with that special counsel. And I mean, it's going to go 24-7 on a a number of the cables. Now, some people say, well, if he's too, uh, if he's that way that you can't, uh, you know, penalize him, how do you vote for him as president? That's what you hear from some quarters. So it's an issue that's not going to go away. It's not going to go away. Absolutely. Okay, status of the farm bill. Uh, boy, page four, Pro Farmer Newsletter looks really, it, it's it's very well done this week. Well, it's, it's they're stuck in neutral, as Bart Fish, Dr. Bart Fisher and Dr. Joe Outlaw of Southern Ag Today said uh, today because the, the inability to find additional funding. Now, uh, Vilsack said this Wednesday's hearing in the House Ag Committee was a wasted opportunity, a direct quote, by him because they didn't address his idea to tap the commodity credit corporation for additional funding. They just don't want to go there in the house and Senate, but at least he's trying to offer them a creative way, (laughs) but also Fisher and outlaw in that Southern ag today, uh, they, they, they note the increasing disparity chip between food stamps and farm safety net spending. 
And they said that strains the historical coalition necessary to pass a new farm bill. What they mean is that you already have substantial increased funding for food stamps, which is basically a, an appropriations entitlement that doesn't need the farm bill. You have conservation spending that that Stabenow, Senate Ag Committee yeah. chairwoman, has already got $20 billion additional dollars for funding for conservation as a result yeah. of the Inflation Reduction Act. So she doesn't have to worry about conservation uh, uh, you know, spending. So where's her momentum to actually really want to get a farm bill? Right. I think that's part of the problem, too. So, yeah. but. If if these prices continue to go down, Chip, that's going to add pressure on both the House and the Senate to ink a new farm bill to get a better safety net. Yeah, that's right. One last topic, uh, electronic IDs in the, in the cattle industry. What's the status here? Well, that, that, as, as you, you can imagine, the ag sector, uh, they don't like some of these proposed regulations uh, because they're saying it's burdensome. Regs. You've got uh, Tracy Mann, a Republican from Kansas, saying he's concerned with several of the proposed rules that would impose, quote, nonsensical and costly regs. But uh, Vilsack uh, strongly defends what they're doing and saying, look, RFID ear tags are relatively small costs to avoid some of these animal diseases in the future. Yeah. Yeah. The the perceptions of what is costly and not costly there's a wide gap between reality and uh, some of Vilsack's comments. Yeah, they're called unfunded tags. mandates. Unfunded yeah, mandates. Exactly. Yeah. Jim, it's great to have you back, man. Thank sure. you. <laughs> sure. All right. That is pro farmer policy analyst Jim Wiesmeyer. you got to come back this afternoon, guys. Uh, we are going to break down the USDA reports. We're going to talk South American crops with Dan Bossy from Ag Resource Company. Monday morning, Machine Repeat, Joe Vaklovic. And Tyne Morgan here on AgriTalk. When we told growers that Bayer Premium Trifold Herbicide for Corn delivers visibly clean fields for up to eight weeks, they were a bit skeptical. Um, we'll see how it works. So we decided to prove it. We set up cameras in multiple cornfields, treated them with Trivolt, and filmed for 24 hours a day. For eight weeks, we saw a variety of weather conditions, and Trivolt worked. See for yourself at trivoltinaction.com. Trivolt is a restricted-use pesticide. Consult your state pesticide regulator for specific restrictions. Read and follow pesticide label directions. This is Andrew McRae, host of the American Countryside. I'm also a farmer and rancher from Northwest Missouri, and I hope you'll join me each week for Farming the Countryside as we take a look at the top issues impacting agriculture as told by the people farming and working in their industry. We'll talk about markets and trade, share some of the latest tips and trends from grain and livestock producers, and take a look at trends impacting rural America. Join me for Farming the Countryside on many local radio stations or on your favorite podcast platform, or just go to farmingthecountryside.com.